we're back. I'm Gervier Brom here with Chmotkar Sandu, and we are screen off script. This week, we're getting into bodies, 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 and reflecting on all the major movie and TV news of the week. In our first segment, we're talking spoilers for bodies, bodies, bodies. If you want to skip around, we got timestamps in the description. Jump with. Uh, okay, the first part about this entire discussion, again, we're talking about bodies, 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 but the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that this is a horror movie, mm. and uh, you're not a big fan of horror movies as a general statement. I want to get that out of the way first, and then we'll talk about the movie. For sure. So, like, I don't know what it is about horror movies. I think most of them, for me anyway, is it's the one genre I feel like it's a little gimmicky. And also, just to be completely honest, I just don't like being scared. <laughs> I don't like being scared or frightened. I feel like... Again, I'm, 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 this may disappoint like horror fans. I get, I get why there are fans of the horror genre. It's a bit of a rush. It's a thrill ride. Yeah, right. It's kind of pushing those emotions in your your body, in your system, in your psyche that you don't really get pushed outside of this kind of visual experience yeah. watching a movie. Yep. Um, it's just not for me, and I feel like cinema, movies, film. When it comes to plot, story, characters, I can fall in love with, and you can, you can apply all of this to horror genre, by the way. Um, but for me, it's um, yeah, it's just not been one of those genres that I've enjoyed. The funny thing is that there have been some movies that have been a part of my life. Yeah, like I remember watching Poltergeist when I was a kid. Yeah, right. So that's definitely a part of my my fabric. The original It, uh, yeah. d double feature. Um, I remember watching The Exorcist for the first time, and then I remember watching Exorcist again when I was an, ad an adult. I think when it was a 25th anniversary or something like that. I remember uh, The Blair Witch Project when it first came out was, yeah. a, was a phenomenon. So I've had my experiences with horror movies over the years, but it's never been my kind of go-to. You know what's funny though? Because I almost view, I, I still, I, I view like horror, comedy, I view even like pro wrestling, like live entertainment, I view all of those kind of in the same branch mm -hmm. of like, like a subsection of entertainment almost, right? Because right. what they're trying to do, like, and, and I, I feel like I've spoken about this before, but it's the idea of setting something up and then deviating from your expectations. And then that's where, you know, a fun scare comes from or a fun laugh comes from yeah. or a big pop in pro wrestling comes from. That's what we're like huge fans of at the end of the day. Like, I feel like that is like very emblematic of why we're fans of the genres that we're fans of even like yeah. mma to a degree right we're huge fans of the upset you know what i mean that's what gets people so excited when uh conor mcgregor versus nate diaz goes viral it's because no one in the world really expected nate yeah. to be able to do that horror is the only one though where it's giving you a, a scare yeah and, and you either like being scared yeah. or you don't like being scared yeah, yeah. um and there's just there's, there's no other lesson horror is like a lesson in humility you know what i mean like take off your ego just enjoy this shit because yeah. like, it's such a it's such a like it's like a genre where like everyone's on a level playing field. You're about to get scared. Embrace that. Once well, you can, I feel like it just opens up this beautiful new genre that people are huge fans of. The, fun the funny thing is, I think most of the best, no, not, not, maybe not the best horror movies, but there are some horror movies that I don't personally consider horror movies, but they maybe fall into that genre. Like for example, I'm a mm -hmm. big fan of Scream. Yes, it's technically a horror movie, but I would consider it more of a slasher movie. You know what, but the, like that's the thing, right? Like it's like, why uh, why does horror have to be like the, uh, a negative distinction of like uh, a great movie? Like The Shining is mm. a horror movie, yeah. right? Like that should be heralded as like one of the greatest movies of all time. It gets mm -hmm. like put in this little like weird place. With, with a lot of other movies. And it's the same thing with all these Jordan Peele movies, right? They get like a little knock because 
it's amazing. Get Out is amazing, but it's a horror movie. I feel like The Shining does get its respect. I feel like sometimes there's movies in the horror genre that maybe don't get their respect. It's like Halloween 13. Right, there's 13 <laughs> movies in this. It's the same way we talk about Fast and the Furious right yeah, now. Forget about horror for a second. Absolutely, yeah, I, I completely agree. There are huge different sides of the fence. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, again, it's the same thing of like, like if, if you're complaining about like Friday the 13th Part 12. Yeah. But Get Out, Nope, Us, they're sitting right there. Yeah, yeah. All these amazing Hereditary and Midsummer and all these yeah. incredible horror movies, but like they get the exact same labeling mm-hmm. as the leprechaun or something uh, like that. You know I, don't, I, mean? I don't appreciate people um, hating or complaining about the horror genre. I think that's a bad look on yeah. terms of who you are. I don't personally like hate horror. Sure. I don't hate people that enjoy horror. I don't really complain about horror. It's there. I get it. Yeah, and yeah. I understand why it's there. And listen, if you enjoy it, more power to you, man. It's like, funny because like I kind of attribute, like when somebody tells me they don't like horror, uh-huh. it's almost for me like when somebody tells me like, oh, I don't like roller coasters. Like, yeah, right. I, I know why you don't like roller coasters, pal. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. obviously you mentioned, like, I don't like to be scared, but like, yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing, right? Like, that's sure. definitely like a big part of it at the end of the day that like, I don't like this feeling of like being frightened in yeah. any kind of way. But one thing I just love about like the evolution of like horror movies is like, you're you're sitting there and like a great one will have you like thinking about this. And then all of a sudden it'll just hit you with like this feeling of dread. Mm. And like that feeling, it, like hereditary, when I watch like, even like some old obvious like tons of older horror movies that just give you like this feeling of like eeriness mm-hmm. that is what i uh is like my bread and butter i like what i absolutely love about horror movies it's not really like jump scares and stuff like that that's yeah. fine yeah but like it's the feeling of like uh, you 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 don't get like this weird uh eerie feeling from like any other genre obviously and also whether you like or dislike horror movies there are some t- there are some movies that come around every once in a while that are just completely unavoidable and you have to watch them whether you like it or not i remember watching the ring in cinema yeah and i was like wow going back to a jordan peele reference like get out yeah what an incredible experience now i would have been foolish to have said to myself oh i don't like horror so i'm not gonna watch this uh, yeah. movie by jordan peele because that's a silly you saw the word of mouth and then the referrals it was getting is that you have to, this is the, one of the movie events of the year it's yeah. like so sometimes there's movies that come around that are just completely unavoidable and you're gonna have to watch it regardless you know what i love that you just said that because it perfectly transitions us into this week which we're talking about bodies 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 and i feel like that is the essence of this conversation we're about to have because for me it's massively positive yeah because and i i feel like i get that same sentiment from you because like it felt like we walked out of the theater being like oh this is we got one right you know what i mean like you know how we we walk into a lot of movies especially because like this just came out this weekend we got to watch it fresh outside of any like real outside of like uh opinions and yeah like we saw like a rotten tomato score that's doing well and that's just normal it feels like a baseline almost just like go watch it but yeah. now it feels like we have this fresh watch of it and every like we all walked out with like these positive emotions coming out of it well first of all, i have to say we were kind of brainstorming oh what are we going to re- you know review this week so I kind of threw it to you and you were like oh let's watch bodies 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 number one i had no idea this film existed i hadn't seen a, a poster i hadn't seen a trailer i had no idea all i knew was the title of the movie and I thought, oh, it's a horror movie. And that's what you said. You told me, oh, it's a horror movie. I'm like, yeah, cool. All right, fine. You know what? It's, we're bound to do a horror movie sooner or later. It is what it is. And it's, it's actually one of the rare occasions that you and me have actually gone to the cinema together mm-hmm. to, to watch the movie on opening weekend. We kind of actually end, end up, for the, mo- for the most part, watching these movies opening weekend uh, separately. Yeah. So we can't really get a gauge of what we thought of the movie until yeah. we actually sit down to record the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You know, the, the, the minute the movie ended, we both kind of turned to each other and were like, oh, you know what? 
That was a great time. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is like uh, on top of everything you just mentioned, I think the biggest sell I can always give and I can always make sure that you're down is I'll be like, hey, by the way, A24 did this. Yes. That's it. That's a- all I have to say to like most people that like are relatively aware of like what the hell's going on in movies right now. It's the hot studio. That's um, it. We're on a bit of an A24 run this year yeah. and more power to Not them. Not a bit, man. These guys are putting out my favorite movies this year. Mm-hmm. Like everything I think are like mostly my favorite movies from the entire year are almost in my top five is a24 is on there multiple times yeah i feel like when we make our end of year list which i'm, I'm hopefully i think we'll do this year our top 10 oh, of the year absolutely going to this is a great year i'm I, I definitely like, not going out of 2022 without that yeah i feel like everything everywhere all i want is like a banker to be number one and i gotta say man i feel like bodies 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 is gonna make that top 10 too i fucking agree yeah and i love that you just said that but I, yeah let's get into it i really want to talk about just why we like ended up enjoying this movie so much because yeah. you know it's one thing it's kind of like what i was mentioning before this movie doesn't really have like huge jump scares or just like traditional like horror tropes like blood and guts and gore and all that kind of stuff none of that's really like the the prominent feature in the movie there's like obviously there's some of that stuff but really what we're talking about is like when i mentioned before that feeling of like eeriness and and uh like suspicion almost and it, it we were talking about it as like a genre it's 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 definitely horror it's also like a murder mystery. It's like this uh, whodunit. It's this from like that branch of like almost like Project X of like, all right, these are Gen X. Like, like we're getting like a glimpse of like just uh, like youth culture and getting to enjoy all of that. And it's all of that kind of mixed together to like form this very fresh feeling kind of experience entirely. Because that's what I kind of walked away with. It's a big experience that you went through. A co-sign everything you said. I think my biggest takeaway from the movie was, oh, this reminds me of when I watched Scream in the cinema way back in 1996. And the biggest knock on Scream retrospectively now when you look at it is like no diversity, there's no ethnic minority representation and bodies, bodies, bodies. There is so much similarity to Scream in yeah. many different ways, but it's almost like so progressive. It's fresh. That's like the fun thing because that's what that's what they're, I love that. they're presenting in the film, right? Yeah, they they went through like so much of this movie not acknowledging any of that. Yeah, they they had conversations about topics eventually, but they presented so many things in the movie as just like part of it. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like that's it's normalized. That's what we want. That's what it should be. Yeah. That's what it should be. And that's what we're hoping for. And that's what we're, we got here. And I love that that's how they presented it. Yeah. And again, when I was watching the movie again, hadn't seen a poster, hadn't seen a trailer, so. When I'm like, oh, okay, so who in this movie, who are the actors that I actually know? Mm. Pete Davidson, who's arguably one of the most famous men in the world right now, you know, outside of SNL, just kind of had a relationship with Kim Kardashian. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is like a little, he took a month off. It's so wild to me that you even know that, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't talk about celebrity gossip at all. I don't, and, but and it's like, hard to avoid someone like Pete Davidson right now. Absolutely, especially because the whole, you know, I'm a huge Kanye fan. I yeah. get, I'm like, I feel like I'm plugged into that purely because of Kanye. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's funny that they just broke up and this guy's movie just came out. Talk about the best publicity you could possibly have for that movie. Mm-hmm. And then outside of him, literally the only other actor that, that, that was in this movie that I was you know, kind of somewhat a little bit familiar with was Maria Bakalova, purely yeah. because she was in uh, the Borat movie, yeah. in the sequel. Yeah. Outside of that though, I was so happy to see so many fresh faces. Like Absolutely. I was not familiar with anyone's previous work, whether it be movies, whether it be TV shows. I don't know what their background was. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, again, I'm gonna use Scream as a big comparison on this podcast today, but I feel like when I look, when I think about Scream, okay, Courtney Cox was just coming off, I think a couple of seasons of Friends. 
Drew Barrymore was kind of like literally the big kind of uh, get for the producers. Even though she was only in the movie for like five minutes, she was on the initial screen poster to help sell and open the weekend. But everybody else in that movie were all fresh faces. Yeah. You know, you hadn't really seen anyone too much in, in previous movies or any, any, any of the previous work before. And I've got that same vibe and I feel like, wow, is this the start of something? Like, are we going to see the actors in this movie kind of go on over the next 10, 15, 20 years? And are we going to be like, yo, I remember when they made their debut or I remember when I first had my interaction with so-and-so in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. You know what's funny? I uh, I don't know if I get that same vibe of like, all right, cool, this actor. Like, there are a few, definitely. There are a few actors that I'm like, all right, cool, this person, I want more of. I'm almost more intrigued to be like, what are these writers going to do next? Mm-hmm. Right? Because the, the writing is like sharp as like uh, as sharp as you can get. Right? Mm-hmm. Like sword level. Like there is so many people who are just like, uh, who is it? Sarah Delap who ended up writing this. And it's just, there's so much dialogue in this movie. That's just not only like sharp from like a perspective of like, uh, like socially and what, like the conversations that are happening online. And like, and it's funny because like they, they have a whole talk about this, right? Like it's part of the movie. And, and for them to be able to present all that information in a way that's not only tangible, but like hilarious and, and like some of the biggest laughs I've ever had in a movie theater this entire year were just in this horror movie. And on top of that, when, when you're like kind of, uh, kind of just falling into like understanding like the thought process of what they're, what they're going through. And then you're just like, fuck, I want more of like whatever this genre is. Yeah. Cause they're deviating whatever expectations I had from a script and it's funny because when you talk about Scream and you talk about how inside horror that movie is, this is you're right, the evolution of that genre. They took everything that we like really loved about Scream and they said, well, how can you present that from a 2022 lens? And this is like the best version that they possibly could have come out with that. Not only is the writing fantastic, but I feel like the actors did such a great job, like really yeah. um, chewing on that dialogue. Absolutely. And they elevated everything from the screenplay yeah. so much, yeah. right? And, and also I have to say like, it's an independent movie, yeah. right? And so when you look at like the, the aesthetics, the production, it all comes down to having a strong screenplay because outside of that, it's actually a very easy movie to make. You're basically in one location the entire time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this would have taken maybe four, five, six weeks tops yeah. from top tail to kind of like, you know, do get the production out of the way. Um, so I love seeing independent movies. It's a little bit reminiscent of Reservoir Dogs yeah. where it's it's all in one location. And when you're in one location for pretty much 90% of the movie, it all comes down to dialogue, characters, and obviously the acting. Yeah, and, and you can tell the chemistry that these like this group built together because yeah, yeah. they riff off each other and bounce off each other so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, the sound design's fantastic. So many times I was just like, ooh, that's a great uh, soundtrack to what the moment that's happening right now. Like right. So many times I thought that the visuals are simple but fantastic. The way they use uh, the elements uh, was fantastic. The way they incorporate things that are like modern, like the group chat, Right. And, and uh, just like the vibe of the movie, like seeing all these people just kind of have fun and seeing that kind of split. It felt like, all right, cool. Like these are people I feel like uh, that are not only fun, but like I want to watch. Yeah. Right. Like I care about the, the what's going to happen with these characters. I want to be on this ride with them. Yeah. And then on like after you get to that, you're just like, shit, this eeriness that they've developed through first the game that they're playing bodies, bodies, bodies as just a friend thing. And then on top of that, seeing the actual murder mystery take place after that, that, that eeriness that progresses and builds over time, huge fan of all of the above. 
By the way, I've never heard of this game before. I don't know if you had. Have you ever played it or did you hear about this game? I think game? it's just like murder, right? It's just like- Never all, played that either. Because <laughs> uh, like we have, there's like so many different names for games like this. Like right. there's, there's wolves and like, there's just so many different variations, but it's basically right. all the same oh, yeah. game. Got you. Starbucks. Alice got to bring someone without telling anyone. So you do read the chat. Why is everyone so obsessed with the chat? Like you're here, I'm here, we're here together, right? Why are we worrying about the chat? And we could just live in the moment. Yeah, it's because you went to rehab and you're not on drugs. So, like, everything's like, ooh, why don't we just all be cool, man? I want to definitely go into, like, a lot of these performances and moments. There's just so many that I want to hit. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing I love about, I, I guess would technically be considered the main character, Amanda Steinberg as Sophie. Mm -hmm. the, the first thing I kind of want to just point out, as somebody who's never drank in his life, by the way, is uh, when when you get to that moment where they're all first hanging out and they offer her a drink and she just says, I'm sober. The most uh, interesting thing to me as somebody who doesn't drink is just watching everybody's faces. Everybody's faces just kind of like break a little bit where they're like, oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's fine. And like you could tell like they're mentally processing like, OK, cool. It's going to be OK. We can all drink still. But listen, it's uh, we have this new a little element within the group dynamic that we didn't expect and I like I'm so familiar with that it's just really funny to see that kind of uh be addressed in like such a subtle way I'm not hilarious. sure a lot of people would have like really picked up on it if you're not experiencing that kind of stuff yeah but it's real that was a little subtle thing that was really funny to me and she's actually a recovering addict at this moment in life yeah. right so yeah. she's she's been sober for I guess a, a period of time I didn't do that by the way you know? yeah yeah just, just for <laughs> you know um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no like you know just riffing on that a little bit there's drugs there's alcohol there's all sorts of concoctions of uh things happening in this yeah, movie they're taking where they edibles from a cake they're doing cocaine I'm sure there's mushrooms somewhere in there who knows who yeah. knows but like one thing like just little moments of like just, just little stuff that you'll be like oh if this was my friend circle yeah. I would have done the exact same thing there's a girl like uh, when the Maria Bakalova character she starts crying mm -hmm. and then somebody just starts narrating whatever she's doing it's like oh she's crying and it's like yeah why are you narrating that <laughs> um but w one person i definitely want to get into really quick is pete davidson he was in yeah. the army or some shit so well that's hot he's not he's not like that hot you don't have to think he's attractive only alice has to think that he's attractive like i feel like i'm more attractive than that you do absolutely what are the features that you're bringing to well the i just look like i fuck you know what i mean mm -hmm. i look like i, I fuck and that's the vibe I like to put out there. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really handsome. First off, I love this conversation that they have. It's so self-aware. Is Pete Davidson handsome? Right? Because so, <laughs> dude, I have friends that right. will ride hard that this guy is the most attractive person on the planet. Right. And I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it. That's not my convention. Of, I didn't even know handsome. that that was a conversation out there in the world. Bro, think about it. He's dating Kim Kardashian. What else is there? You know what I mean? Sure. Like he's generally convinced. Like he's dated uh, Kim Kardashian, Ariana Grande, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, in my head, I always wondered because he's like not conventionally handsome. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, the, the conversation that happens with a lot of people is like, so what's the appeal? Right. And then he even says it in the movie. I give off the vibe that I fuck. <laughs> Fucking genius. That was a great line, by the Fucking way. Fucking great, man. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And then like later in the film, Pete has his whole interaction with the Greg character. And even before that, I'm sitting there thinking like, so who is this guy? Who's Greg? He obviously stands out because he's older than the rest of them. So so you're just watching this and you're just like, well, like, who is this Greg character? And you're watching this dynamic kind of build between them and Pete's being this dick to him. And then I'm just like, wow, this role is perfect for Pete Davidson. And then he's dead. By the way, <laughs> um, do you think 
Pete Davidson ad-libbed a lot of that or is that straight from the screenplay do you think I'm sure it's a little bit of both right mm. like he uh, he's from SNL I'm yeah. sure he's just and he does like he has a whole history of stand-up as well like yeah. I'm sure the the script is great obviously you can tell that but it definitely feels like it's his it's his personality that kind of comes through and I, it's funny because when you talk about uh, a guy like him and, and you look at like kind of what he's modeling his career after he has yeah. a whole show coming up where he's kind of doing like the Larry David curb your enthusiasm thing right it's gonna be him in in a show kind of improv and again that whole vibe as well but like giving off who who he is yeah right because that's what they're trying to capture on film is the Pete Davidson vibe that's like a, a question mark for a lot of people but if, if you're trying to present that in like an organic way I think that's why it works when you actually put him in roles where he's like you know trying to be an actor I've always been like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. I think if anyone had the opportunity to kind of uh, throw in some extra dialogue or create a scene from scratch, it would have been him. I think that's always him. I think that's what you're you're signing up for when you sign Pete Davidson in your yeah. movie. Yeah. Also, yeah, so he dies at right there and you're just like, shit. So the most prominent person in this movie, I had a feeling, obviously, like this guy dies early in every movie. Again, talking about a screen reference, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. She was the known actress or yeah. actor from that movie. And you're like, oh, Drew Barrymore's dead in five minutes. Yeah. Everyone's a target exactly. now. Exactly, yeah. And that's what the best part is. And then you you kind of get to like the, the initial paranoia. That's where it all sets in where everyone's like, okay, cool. What do you know about Greg? And then it's like, oh, that then it's off to the races. Yeah. And then it's the murder mystery. And you're just like sitting there with the odd, like, with the characters being like, okay, who did it? Mm -hmm. Who did it? And you're just like, your, your mind's wandering, wondering what the hell's going on. And, and uh, my, I'll, I'll say it right away, my favorite character maybe of the entire year, Rachel Senna as Alice, right? And uh, I the whole time, like I, I feel like they didn't get her name across that well, right? Because I was sitting there being like, Wait, what's her name again? What's her name again? And, and I just kept thinking like, uh, when she goes off and they ask her, hey, what do you know about Greg? And she says, He's like a Libra moon. That's that's what I know. And then they ask him about like, oh, well, what's his middle name? And she's like, I you don't ask the person's middle name for a really long time because that's exactly what happens in dating circles. Mm -hmm. Why would you ask somebody's middle name like right away? And she's only known him for two weeks. It's such a funny way to like talk about modern dating, but also be like, what the fuck? How do you not have this minimal information yet? Yeah, she was easily my favorite character too from the, uh, from the movie, but also... Um, looking online, I feel like she's getting more praise than anyone else. I'm not her, surprised. Yeah. Her character of Alice is already being heralded as like one of the most iconic, uh, one of the best characters in like horror. I love it. Like she is getting crazy praise. And I have to say, when you watch the movie, not only I think does she have some of the best dialogue and some of the best scenes, yeah. but again, she take she makes the most of it. Yeah. And she elevates it so much with her performance. It's endearing, it's funny, it's wacky, it's so many things in one, but it's, it's just fantastic. It's funny because like every time I like a character and I build like this affection towards them, I also there'll be like a moment where I just immediately become suspicious. Right. Right? Because she's so over the top and she's so in it and she keeps accusing other people, and I'm just like, fuck, it's her. You know right? what? And I had that so I had that moment with so many of them. She was the one character that I was like, "Can you please not die? I need you to survive <laughs> for any potential sequel here." <laughs> a one moment I absolutely love. I don't want to glance over this is where she goes. Uh, we we finally get to the Greg character, mm -hmm. and he's sitting there just sprawled out, just has this mask on his face, looking weird as hell. And then she's like, oh, it's his light therapy mask. He has seasonal depression. <laughs> I fucking died. The way she said it was yeah. a like, masterful comedic delivery. I feel like this is another reason why this movie might need and require, and just for the sake of, you know, you know, if you're a fan of the movie and you've already watched it once, 
repeat viewing. This is a movie I'm gonna watch a hundred times. There's gonna be so many lines and bits of dialogue that I even perhaps missed the first time around. And at the same time, there's gonna be scenes where like, I know it's about to come, hit me with it. Yeah, like, you're yeah. gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be such a good rewatch. Oh, I absolutely love it. And like the way, the way they like address like little like uh, just hot hot topic words right like they'll be throwing out phrases like you're so toxic and this and that and you're just like I know like everybody obviously uses this stuff and overuses terms like that but like for them to kind of use them in this way by the way the they, they really did a great job of making the men uh, early on very toxic and eliminating them very quickly and also talking about just you know making sure they highlight certain terms like they just ripped gaslighting yeah like i love the whole like idea of the like, hey listen everyone just saw gaslighting as a term pop up on twitter and everyone started to use it yeah it's so true and that's what happens right like, that's like the natural progression of like a hot topic word yeah. it's like all right it's gonna start off as like somebody hears it and then yeah. they use it and then they overuse it and then it loses all its meaning yeah. and and that's what that's why they perfectly address that kind of shit and then uh again we have Greg, he gets murdered with a kettlebell of all things. That's a brutal way to murder somebody. Yeah. Brutal. Kettlebell to the head twice. Yo, they shoot first, ask questions last. Yeah. Like they are wild, man. I can't believe they, uh, watching B as a character just completely killed this guy. And then you get to the Emma character and she starts acting weird and she just took some drugs. And then you find her dead and you're like, shit, it wasn't Greg. And your brain starts wondering, well, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's a gun in the beginning of the third act, so you know it's going to be uh, used later on. Again, Alice, I think this is where she established herself as an all-time horror movie character, uh, period, right? It's where we finally get the gun being addressed. The B character comes in, and, and first off, they start talking about the idea of mental health issues. And then the Alice character goes, I have to talk about something. I have body dysmorphia. <laughs> that was a, I think that may have got the biggest laugh. Oh. I mean, it's a serious thing, of course, right? Oh but that may have got the biggest laugh of the entire movie when it she was, dropped that. It it's the way amazing. she drops it, you know? She's fucking incredible. One thing, though, on that note is you mentioned the gun. You mentioned the kettlebell. Kudos to the, the screenwriters of the movie. Uh, every death is different. Yeah. Every single death is different. Um, no two are the same no two are alike and that's a pretty challenging thing to do yeah. when you're just stuck in a house it's kind of crazy man because like then like okay I, I want to kind of go into this scene but it's just when when you do get the gun and when you do get that body dysmorphia line you, then they start talking about all these conversations about uh, the Sophie character brings up like this idea of like well what when I have a drug problem if I'm black then uh, and these white people are doing all these drugs well, you don't have that same kind of reaction and these conversations put Alice in this position where she's like, shit, how am I supposed to react? I'm an ally. I'm yes. an ally, guys. <laughs> remember, like, I, I remember in that moment just thinking, like, this is like a play. Like, yeah. I'm watching a play on stage, watching these amazing characters just play out this amazing scene right in front of me. I was just loving it. Then we get into that podcast conversation, and this is a, a meta podcast conversation about a podcast conversation at this point. But Jordan, is that true? I like your podcast, Alice. What is your podcast about? Hanging out with your smartest and funniest friend. Did you just groan? No. Talking about how nobody loves you and talking about- They hate listen. We we only listen, (laughs) she goes, we only hang out because of our suffocating history. What? (laughs) That's fucked up, man. That's a fucked up line to say. That shit is like a crazy, uh, topic to discuss as just a throwaway line in the middle of this long diatribe that they're having uh, and then she gets shot 
She says, did you fucking shoot me? That seems amazing. She goes, it hurts to get shot. And then uh, she dies. Yeah. And I'm devastated. <laughs> the, yeah. I'm just absolutely devastated. And that's kill number two for B. At this point, I'm thinking like, shit. I, 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 at this point, I'm, I've already had, like, what were your theories? Because for me, I was thinking, number one, B feels like she's already in cold blood murdered two people right in front of us. Right. And on top of that, Sophie is acting hella suspicious. I'm thinking these two are, like, in cahoots. I'm thinking maybe Sophie is upset that she didn't get her inheritance or whatever it was. So now she's back to, like, murder everybody. My prime suspect was Sophie the entire time. Yeah. And then as a potential twist, I thought maybe it's the, you know, not seen yet Max um, who makes an appearance right at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, and maybe they were in cahoots the entire time, yeah. you know, doing this this whole setup, right? Yeah. Um, but one thing I wanted to kind of quickly add, and, I, and I've spoken about how this is all set in a house. I almost feel like, and I've just thought about it now, really. It almost felt like this was written like it could have been a theater production. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning, like a, like a yeah, play, right? Like a like play. It very much just feels like a play, like where where you're you're watching like everybody in one spot, one stage, one setting, and just completely act out right in front of us. I can actually see, if they wanted to make a, a West End version of this, yeah. I can actually see it working very, very well. Absolutely. Yeah. It would work tremendously. Uh, and then we get to the end of the movie where the sun's kind of coming up. Everyone's dead. It's bodies, bodies, bodies for real. Then you kind of get somebody's phone and you kind of realize shit all that happened was this guy was making a tiktok and he just sliced himself and we all just caught him at the wrong time started accusing each other and just started murdering everybody what a fucking ending brilliant brilliant fucking ending then the max character comes back in and i pop huge because he's this character from uh, the show called i think you should leave and as comedically for me to like be already associated that this guy is massively hilarious in that show for him to walk in specifically that was a perfect comedic ending to like a perfect movie it's that video that tiktok video on the phone that we that we see that in that moment i realized this is not going to be a franchise yeah i thought okay I, I th the whole time i'm like okay we're gonna get to a reveal eventually in terms of who the killer is i can see this being the first of an entry of a brand new kind of horror slasher murder mystery whodunit franchise but when we get that reveal i'm like this is it this is self-contained and i actually love the fact that this is probably going to be just its own thing yeah brilliant just fantastic brilliant. a nice little twist at the end but again just a nice bit of humor a bit of wit a bit of comedy it's almost like dark comedy yeah. that's what we get splattered throughout the entire movie right yeah. there's some serious stuff going on drug addiction uh re toxic relationships people dying and you know but we get to the point where there's so much humor in this movie as I, well i don't even want a sequel like i want no. this movie to exist by itself and i love that this is just uh its own little story it's beautiful i wouldn't want a sequel either yeah. but my mind was uh okay if there's gonna be like a killer yeah this is how studios like A24, like previous studios in the past, they come across a little gem. All right, we have some survivors. Yeah, now yeah. we can spin this and spin this and spin this and have three or four entries. And But because there isn't a quote unquote killer in this movie at yeah. all, it's just a series of unfortunate events that lead to a domino effect of everyone starting to be paranoid and yada, 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 and yeah. start to kill each other. That's why I thought to myself, okay, this is perfect. Absolutely. This is its own little self-contained movie. I, I'm happy with that. Huge, huge. Um, let's get into some of our categories. I feel like these are going to be easy as anything we've ever done but yeah. as far as best character goes who you got easy it's come on it's rachel so not as alice yeah absolutely uh best scene 
when it's revealed that Pete Davidson as David was making a social media video when he slashed his own neck and that was what led to everything unfolding throughout the entire night. For me, it's that, it's I think the star making scene for Alice where mm-hmm. she, she goes off, she has the body dysmorphia thing, she has the whole conversation about being an ally, she had the podcast conversation, did you shoot me? That happened in one scene. That is by far one of the best scenes of the entire year, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. By uh, like it's it's elite conversation category. Like that is some epic stuff. In that moment, I was like, best scene, best character, done, wrapped and done, <laughs> yeah. right there and there. Uh, what about star rating? Five being the best, zero being the worst. John, I'm massively interested in your answer for this. Sure, I actually feel like this is one of my favorite movies of 2022, and I'm giving it a 4.5. I can't recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a movie I'm going to watch again down the road in the future. It's an easy watch. It's like 90 minutes. Yeah. It's like, man, I, it's almost flawless. I don't even know what I, what I could say to kind of really knock it down. It's it's almost like a perfect movie. In it's many kind ways. of crazy, right? Because like a part of me is like, okay, cool. What don't I like about this movie? Right. What, what didn't I like? I right. don't know because I'm trying to score this and I'm doing my best to be like, well, like there's a little part of me that's like, maybe it's not like a five, right? Mm-hmm. It def- like it de- I don't know if it's like a five, but right. like a part of me almost feels like uncomfortable even going 4.5. Cause like that means it's in my head, one of the best movies of the year. And it absolutely is one of the best movies of the year. But I feel like just based on the fact that it is like virtually flawless in my mind, I'm mm-hmm. going 4.75. I oh, think wow. this okay. is as good a movie experience that I'm going to have in 2022 mm-hmm. period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I mean, as far as horror movies, A24, original screenplays this year, we are on a roll. I'm Big time. loving it this year. Man. It really is. So most of my favorite movies, it's actually, like I think all of my favorite movies for this entire year have been original screenplays. Yep. Brand new concepts. And like it, it's just been a fantastic year for film, if you ask me. I wonder if a movie like this would get its flowers during award season, just from an original screenplay nomination. Can I tell you? I hope so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I Again, I hope so, but it's, it's like what I mentioned before. Horror doesn't get his flowers. It's yeah. just not something that happens. And I think it's a it's a bit of a shame because like I really think as far as visceral reactions go, horror gets like like I mentioned, lumped up with a lot of bad movies, but when it's good, it's the best experience you could possibly have. You know what? This is the kind of movie that would clean up at like the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. If that stuff was still relevant, it would be the biggest thing in the mm-hmm. world over there. Uh, Rachel Sennett would be like the next big thing like, yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's everything for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. We definitely gotta get into the news now, but John, the first thing, uh, Jordan Peele says that he has a few ideas percolating for his next movie. He says, I need to kind of sink into the world a bit and allow the world to sort of tell me which one is the next one. Obviously, we have no idea what he's going to be doing next. Mm -hmm. The question I more have is if he's going to be staying within that horror genre, do you have like an idea or like a a wish list of like a subgenre that you would love for Jordan Peele to explore? Because he's already touched on body swap kind of situation with Get Out. Mm. He's touched on doppelgangers in, in Us. And he's touched on the big spectacle, big monster movie, essentially, yeah. in, in Nope. Where would you love to see him kind of go next? Well, we got a taste of it in Nope, but I'd love to see Jordan Peele go full sci-fi horror. Mm. I'm a big sci-fi fan, and I know he is as well. And, you know, if you go back to our review of Nope, you know, 
it reminded me so much of some of the best episodes of the X-Files. I'd love to see him go full sci-fi horror now, whether it's in space, whether it's to do with some other sci-fi elements. Because like, we've seen like almost like a social experiment, not social experiment, but a social commentary horror with, with Get Out. And, you know, I think there was elements of a Western also in Nope in many ways as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely playing around. Like he's in the horror space and he's kind of dipping into a few other subgenres here and there. Uh, and I'm a big fan of sci-fi, so give me some sci-fi horror. A part of me would love to just see what he could do with, like, space, mm-hmm. right? Like, I would just love to see how he would be able to kind of deal with, you know, the vastness of space and kind of address that as a horror topic. Because, like, there are a few movies that have done that. Like, yeah. even, like, thinking of, like, something like Moon feels like something that would be, like, almost right up his alley. Moon, Alien, Event Horizon. Yeah. There are some seriously good horror movies set in space and seeing how he would be able to address that i yeah. think that would be so much fun i yeah. feel like it, it's like a that's like kind of the fun thing with jordan peele right it feels like we have like a new guy who like we just give him a toy and he's gonna fucking crush it mm-hmm. right and uh yeah also speaking of jordan peele uh danny kaluuya he says he doesn't understand why anybody cares about logan paul's thoughts on nope uh he says why is his opinion top of the tree what's he done in cinema imagine if they asked me about eric clapton i'd take everyone's opinion on but I don't know why you over anyone else. Would I sit with him? Nah. Like it's interesting to see that uh, the, kind of like a lot of people, obviously social and on social media and all that kind of stuff. They were talking about what Logan Paul's opinion was and almost like invalidating his thought process. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya just walks up and goes like, "Why are we talking about this guy?" Yeah, I get it from Daniel Kaluuya point point of view. But it's just, unfortunately, it's the world we live in. It's yeah. the poor brothers. Anything they say, anything they give an opinion on, very much like even a Joe Rogan, people are going to jump on it, dissect it, are going to be pro, are going to be con, either riding hard for their guy, whether it's a poor brother or a Joe Rogan or whatever. And ultimately, sometimes these quotes go back to a particular artist, whether it's a musician, a filmmaker, an actor. And then when you're in an interview environment like Daniel Kluwer was, it's going to get brought up because the media outlet or the broadcaster is going to be like, oh, how can we get some clicks out of this like 10 minutes we've got with this actor, Danny Clue? Oh, I know. Let's ask him about this Logan Paul bit that he did about Nope. So that's the mechanics in terms of how content creation works in 2022, unfortunately. And he was in a situation where he had to give an opinion. You can take that little line out of it and all of a sudden it's Daniel Kluwer reacts to Logan Paul and there you go. You know what's funny? Like when we look at a guy like Logan Paul, like you mentioned kind of like almost like pairing him like uh, in like that same space as a Joe Rogan or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting because he's in WWE. He He's in like all these other kind of uh, his, his hands in like all these different pots or whatever right yeah. but it's gonna be interesting to see whatever comments people are making about him like right now what what's he gonna be doing in like 10 years mm-hmm. you know what i mean because he is such an x factor in my head that i have no clue the fact that he's in wwe always shocks me yeah i wouldn't be shocked if like in 10 years he is in movies he is doing like uh whatever acting he's like somewhere closer to like someone like uh the rock like branch of like making movies right well you have to give him credit for when credit's due, right? What he's done in WWE thus far has been phenomenal. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, th- I think Triple H himself almost compared him to like a Kurt Angle, just taking to like a duck to water, just gets it. And I get it. I, I completely, I, I very much understand that thought process because he is such a natural when it comes to that. And he feels mm-hmm. like almost like he's, he's a natural to like just performing in general. And again, that might be something that kind of leads to movies. He's talk- I, I feel like he's talked about that. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I feel like I've heard of him talking about getting into movies at some point. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if you look at his uh, career trajectory and his resume, like what hasn't he done? Yeah. Music, YouTube, he's done pro wrestling now. He's boxed Floyd Mayweather. 
You know, he's a social media empire unto himself. He can literally do whatever he wants. And he's also kind of got this fan base that has grown up with him. Yeah. And much like we kind of grew up with The Rock. Yeah, and we transi- think of we too, transitioned yeah. to, you know, very easily into The Rock's movie career. Uh, and we're still riding with him now. Exactly. And I always think about, because that's the same thought process I have with The Rock. But even before that, you can think of that with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. He's not a professional actor. He rapped. He, he's just a charismatic guy who had a great meeting with uh, Quincy Jones, which just happened to work out to him getting his own sitcom and then taking over the world for a while. Yeah. Right. It just is what it is. You don't know how that stuff's going to work. I always kind of like feel like he maybe Logan Paul's the next person that kind of fits in that aesthetic. I as can well. see it happening for sure. The next thing is She-Hulk was apparently not allowed to use Spider-Man or any other Spidey characters in the series. They said that really bummed out a lot of writers. It's hilarious to me to think that a series like She-Hulk thought, yo, can we get Spider-Man? <laughs> Can we, like, among all the fucking red tape that they have to go after just to get Spider-Man in an Avengers movie or something. Right. Can we get him in She-Hulk? <laughs> what? Well, I have to say, from what I've heard, there's going to be a lot of big time uh, character surprises. They are. And we already know that Daredevil's going to play a, a part in the in the series. And Hulk too, yeah. Hulk too. The Hulk's the easy one though, yeah. right? But the, I mean, like those are massive ones. Yeah, I mean, she's his cousin. So that, that makes <laughs> a lot of sense in the world. But the fact that Daredevil got introduced, we know he's getting his own series. He's now going to be involved in the MCU. He was in the Spider-Man movie. We get that. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, shoot your shot. Yeah. Like if I'm a, if I'm a, uh, a series creator, a, a producer, a filmmaker, I'm like, shoot for the moon. Let's yeah. see what you can get, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't blame them, honestly. Exactly. I really don't blame them at all. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Oscar Isaac, he says he's open to returning to Star Wars, but he says only if there's a great story and a great director. Right. Obviously, that goes without saying. I'm sure any actor would say that. But it's funny to me that we were supposed to get that Rogue Squadron movie with Patty Jenkins, and it was supposed to be with uh, Gina Carano, I believe, and then she got canceled and all that kind of stuff. It feels like for me, like if you're looking for a story about a pilot, Poe Dameron's right there. Yeah. Right, that's, like, that's such a natural progression of like, all right, cool. Well, this is like a like a space that we have never really touched on like that much. Like right. it's within uh, the Star Wars lore, but we haven't really got to just like chill with these fight like these uh these pilots, right? right. And I feel like that like Poe Dameron is like such an epic character already. Let's go, let's watch him like in an origin story or something like that. Yeah, why not? Maybe a series. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. he's already involved with Disney in terms of you know series work. Also, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Speaking of both those topics of Star Wars and Marvel. He says that uh, if you watch Star, if you watch Star Wars, uh, you're pretty much going to get the same version of Star Wars each time. But with Marvel, you can have a whole different feeling, even within the Marvel universe. With Star Wars, it might be a little bit of humor, it might be a little bit of different animation, but you're always really the same kind of world. I understand that thought process, but like, that doesn't seem like a reason to think that Star Wars isn't like, just because you're living in like a similar tone. That they're kind of presenting it doesn't feel like star wars is like stale because of that or or uh not exploring new territory yeah i've been really kind of like uh i've had so much fatigue with the, the skywalker saga mm-hmm. but at the same time they've delivered us mandalorian mm-hmm. which has been so so good and, and you see like uh how because he mentioned like animation when mm-hmm. you see a series like star wars visions you you kind of get an idea of like whoa there's just so much that we haven't even touched on yet mm-hmm. right like there's just different branches they could do something like a samurai style movie that they yeah. haven't even really touched on at all yet i'll say this much maybe he thinks that and feels like that because the mcu more so than any other piece of ip or genre or franchise in history has so much content 
There are so many more movies, so many more stories, so many more characters, TV shows that have really explored the breadth of Marvel comics. Whereas in comparison, if you look at the vast majority of Star Wars content we've got, whether it's movies and TV shows, it's for the most part been centered around the Skywalker saga, Mm -hmm. right? But to your point, when you look at something like Visions, yeah, there's so much incredible Star Wars stories to be told. You look at the history of the Star Wars universe and the world that we're living in. And I feel like Disney has yet to really scratch that surface. I agree. And I feel like over the next 10, 15 years, maybe we'll be looking back at a lot more in terms of like, can, can you give me five other characters, not like Mandalorian, but as significant, as important as the Mandalorian that we can attach ourselves to in terms of a new experience and a new journey. And I do feel like that ultimately at some point that will come with Star Wars. You know what? I also think that the idea of like a visual tone that they kind of create with Star Wars being similar is because, you know, it's built through through film, mm-hmm. right? And we already have this established uh, look that it's supposed to have, that the world is supposed to have. And you can see that they are a little bit deviating from that when when they explore different worlds in the Mandalorian, but Marvel has like this thing where like it's almost like uh, it's just branding, right? It feels very different because you know Black Panther is supposed to feel drastically different than the Captain America movies, and and as opposed to like Wandavision and like every other property because they're branding them with like colors. Like when you think of Wandavision, you think of red. When you think of uh, Black Panther, you think of purple and black and gold, and yeah. like there's specific colors that they kind of attribute to. But it's not a drastically different world. Is Shang Chi really that different than like other CGI worlds that they're exploring right now mm. in the MCU? Like it's not like a drastic difference. I feel like he's almost like overestimating it because just visually it looks very different. Let's know about him. Who is he? Boy, you guys are a hell of a duet here. Why'd you start harmonizing? There's only one problem with your little scenario, okay? I ain't no rat! You got any idea what Carmen Falcone will do to me? Are you this kind of dog? No, you don't want to talk about rats, huh? Maybe we can talk about what they did to my partner's face. Holy God, what are you this showing me? Hey, come on! Open your eyes! Uh, just a few quick DC things I think we should take care of. Uh, the Batman 2 apparently hasn't officially been greenlit yet, but I think that's just based on the fact that Matt Reeves is currently working on the script. Right. I don't think that's something that anybody is going to be worried about. Yeah, I'm not uh, stressed about that. <laughs> it's like one of the hits of the year, man. It's funny, though, because that means we're not going to be getting that sequel for a while. Take your time, by the yeah. way. Take your time. Like, I don't want to any rush anything with that franchise, yeah. man. It's funny, though, because if we are talking about building a world, I wonder if he's taking his time because that's what the ultimate goal is. Right. Building a Batverse going forward. Well, we know we're going to get the Penguin TV series way before the movie anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that should hold over the fan base regardless. Um, Joker 2, also, we just got a bunch of information about that. The budget is going to be $150 million. Even just a quick breakdown, Joaquin Phoenix is getting $20 million. Todd Phillips is getting $20 million. Lady Gaga is getting $10 million. Wild numbers for, like, a pretty star-studded little cast right there. And on top of that, it's going to be filmed a lot in the Arkham Asylum, and it's going to have multiple musical sequences, and it's described as more like A Star is Born than In the Heights. Which is no surprise why they probably got Lady Gaga involved. Yeah. Because it's going to be a musical, there's going to be a number of songs, and hey, they probably gave her the 10 million up front to cover everything. Yeah. Because if you get one or two hit songs yeah. from that, they're probably going to get their money, make their money back quick. Massively. Yeah. Yeah, listen, Look where Star is born. It's a billion dollar franchise within yeah. itself already, right? Exactly. Like, this is like chump change compared to what they're going to be able to actually get back, even from like the first weekend. It's yeah. going to be like a huge movie. Yeah. It's going to be massive, man. Yeah. But yeah, that's everything for the news. Let's get into our last segment. Let's get wrecked. Our weekly recommendation segment, Jumma, hit me with Sandu's pick. Easy one this week. I'm recommending Scream from 1996. It's the original, which is still the best in my opinion. And it's almost like a time capsule for Americana 
uh, in the mid-90s, uh, writer Kevin Williamson and director Wes Craven produced, in my opinion, one of the most profitable horror franchises of all time. And slasher films will never be the same ever again post-Scream in 1996. I agree. And not only that, but I feel like the fact that you said that that... It's almost like that movie was a time capsule of that time. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a time capsule of right now. Facts. Perfect. Uh, for me, I'm going with... Because I'm thinking, like, well, what kind of fits, like, as far as a vibe? Like, the ride that we went on... I am going for Brospick. I went with David Fincher's Gone Girl, starring uh, Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. A psychological thriller that's so fun. It has like fantastic twists and turns. The performances, the script, the direction. It's so crisp, so smart. Honestly, it's like if someone took all the stakes and the dramatics of like a soap opera and said, fuck it, let's make it as good as possible. That's how I kind of feel about Gone Girl. And uh, it's one of those movies you can watch kind of over and over because it's just a really fun rewatch. But yeah, go out of your way, check it out. Gone Girl, fantastic movie. That's everything for this week. Gentlemen, where can everybody find us? We are at Screen Off Script on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And hey, listen, you got 20 seconds? Do us a favor, rate and review us. It honestly goes a massive way in helping our show get found by new audiences. Awesome. Thank you for checking us out this week. Take care.